The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hey, Will. Hey, Christy. Who's on the show today? Oh, it is legendary voiceover actor and my best friend, Mr. Jason Marsden. Oh, I'm so excited. Me too. I can't wait. He has done everything and three shows. I hear voices. Hey, Jason Marsden's here. Oh my gosh, what's up? What's happening? Oh, am I, so I'm on, I, I shouldn't be hiding. Like, this is now, this is happening now. No, this is good, you're good, you're good. Okay, excellent, yay! The hide and seek portion is later and I hear voices. Excellent. I'm, I'm so surprised, this is not the site I originally logged into, but I'll go with it. I'll go with it. <laughs> yes, okay. we are, uh, we are, you are actually, uh, honestly, which is kind of cool, you are our first straight podcast guest. Yeah, who can uh, we waste so to, to test this, uh, this technology, <laughs> Marsden. Yeah, Aww. no one will care about this one. Yeah, more like Absolutely. who can we trust? Because your exactly. family, exactly, you really are yeah. family to us, man. You've worked with both of us over the years, I and have. we are so excited to have you today. We wouldn't have, trust anybody else. Yeah, I don't think I've done a single project. Wait a minute. Ever in my career that you weren't also in. Okay, somewhere. that's what I was gonna say. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, the list of stuff that you and I have done together is somehow longer than the list of stuff I've done by myself. Either work together or I would visit you or you'd visit me. Like, we're always, like, visiting sets or hanging out because we yeah. generally liked each other. But the funny thing is, so for people who don't know, Jason and I have been besties for going on, and this is not an exaggeration, <laughs> 30 years. 30. Do you guys remember meeting? Years. How did you guys meet? Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes we do. Oh, and do, would you like to tell the meeting story, <laughs> Mr. Marsden? 
And remember, yes. it's a family-friendly show, so let's tell a family-friendly <laughs> version of me. Yes, thank you for reminding me. So for those who don't know, when you audition for a, a sitcom, a TV show, you audition for the casting director, they like you, they bring you for producers, they like you, they bring you for the network, and the network is like the final, you know, the final thing. And I read for this show called Almost Home, produced by Michael Jacobs, and it was down between uh, me and... Some guy named Will Friedle from Connecticut. <laughs> and I remember and you. Shiloh Strong. And Shiloh, and Shiloh Strong. That's right. And Shiloh Strong. And uh, yeah. I remember being in the, and um, you know, a little nervous, <laughs> like, trying to get the lay of the land, uh, especially like network reads are always like so horrifying. You're in a room and the, and the executives are like behind a, a big window backlit. You can't see anybody. It's the uh, worst. So, it's the worst. But then. But I see this kid from uh, from Connecticut who's walking around. He's like, "Wow, who's that? Oh my gosh, is that Perry King from Riptide? Is Perry King from Riptide?" Like you were just so like almost fish out of water. I was like, "He's adorable. I'm gonna put a stop to him." Uh, <laughs> and you did. Short, I you did. did. For momentarily, momentarily, I booked that. We did a season, and then uh, Michael Jacobs went on to do Boy Meets World, and then the same thing happened. Got down between you and me and Shiloh again. Again, and uh, yep, and, and then and justifiably, appropriately, Fidel uh, uh, booked the role of Eric. Uh, but then that night, so by coincidence, so like because because Will was from out of town, like they flew him in, they put him up at the Universal Hilton by Universal uh-huh. Studios. Absolutely. And to cheer me up, my friends, because they knew I, I didn't book this job, they took me to Universal Studios. And <laughs> it was, buddy, it was by chance because I went up a very precarious way. That, that big hill up Lancashire, you were walking yep. down Lancashire, and I recognized you instantly. And as we're approaching, I turned to my friends, I'm like, hey, look, this is the prick that stole my job. <laughs> and we were friends ever and since. And we were friends, extended my hand, we had a laugh, and then, uh, and then friends ever since. Oh and friends ever since my father, who for the record, <laughs> my my parents. So I have two older brothers, Gary and Greg. My parents called Jason number four. No, my dad to this day still tells that story. He absolutely, it's like it's his favorite story. Oh, and then he said the prick stole my job. It was his favorite thing. <laughs> but what's interesting is, and it's something that I have never done before because I've never had the opportunity, is reading the bio of somebody you've been friends with for 30 years. Mm, so, you know, when, when we have guests come on this show, we uh-huh. like to make sure that we know everything about it. So, first of all, it's Jason Mars, and I've been calling you Justin since 1997. No, so I, that was the first thing that I... I correcting you. <laughs> I know, that was amazing to me, just learning that. But the other thing is, you you know, you're, you're around your, your bestie forever, and you know they're working all the time, and you know, especially in the voiceover world, where... Mm. Jason was in the voiceover world. He's the one who brought me into the voiceover really? world. Really? So we need to get into been, that. Yeah. yeah. We will. We definitely will. But you know how, you know, somebody's been in the voiceover world. But until you see the resume of somebody who has been in everything for 35, 40 years, you have no idea the impact your best friend has had in a very selective part of the industry. You've done everything. I've done, I've been very fortunate, Will. I've been, I've done a lot. And I look back and I'm like, I got to do, I got to take part in some of my favorite projects as well. And, and making an impact is like, is like a, a secondary thing. But I mean, you guys are no slouch either. I mean, you guys bring tremendous joy to people. Yes, but so there's, get, the, the, one of, the, one of the things that we, that Christy and so I like to do. you're saying now you're impressed with me? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I never cared before. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. He but it is so. You for one, you. Yes, exactly. Uh, Now I'm in awe and I want to go back and use you more, not quote unquote, but actually, 
<laughs> to better my career. So, all right, jumping right into it then, you said you've gotten to be involved in some of your favorite projects ever and and things that really matter to you. It, it, right off the bat, what jumps into your head when you hear that? When, when, when you say that, what are the things that matter to you most? When I was a kid, I was a huge Transformers fan, like huge. Like that was my obsession. I had all the action figures. I loved the cartoon and I knew who all the voices were. I mean, I recognized who Frank Welker was and, and, and all those cats. And uh, I would record it on tapes and take it to school and play. And me and my friends would sit outside in recess and listen to the audio tapes of Transformers. So years later, I work on a Transformers show. And I get to play like a, a human. Steve Bloom was my bot, Heatwave, and I was a fireman, and he was a, the fire truck. And I'm working a cartoon. And then, and then, uh, uh, Peter Cullen, who's the voice of Optimus Prime, he returns as Optimus Prime, and he doesn't work with us. I think he's he's got his own things to do. You know, he has a ranch in Montana for crying out loud. But I would show up early so I could meet. Him. I'd never met him, and uh, he's like a little taller than me, very unassuming, very soft-spoken guy. And uh, and I and I went into the booth, the recording booth, to listen to him do his thing, and he starts talking like Optimus Prime. And I j instantly, like, jettisoned back into my 12-year-old self, crying, like a tears had come to my eyes. And being part of that was outstanding. Plus, I don't know if you guys have had this, but of the many projects I've worked on, I've never worked on a show where the cast and the crew get along so hard. We still, to this day, share a text thread and are always wistful about the experiences we had working together because it was a great blend of of seasoned voiceover performers, new voiceover performers, uh, people I've known for a long time, new friends. It was such a special, special show. And being a fan is was part of it. Now this is Rescue Bots. This Correct. is Rescue Transformers Bots. Rescue Bots, yes. And that which you worked on as well. I did. Well, I came on as, as Bumblebee yes. for just a guest star, yes. but you guys went for, I mean, what was it, like five seasons? You guys just kept going. We, we did four seasons and we were doing so good. Hasbro loved us so much. We, they picked us up for a fifth season, but then recast us with non-union actors. Oh. Ah, the industry. Ah, the industry. Yeah, your fans want to know about this stuff, right? Of course. Well, sure. Yeah, we do. And I think people assume that, you know, you, oh, well, I don't actually know if people assume this. But being in the industry on That's the- That's an assumption, Christy. In, exactly. In front of the camera, people think, oh, well, you guys, you're really related to one another and you're really best friends in real life. And I would think that when you think about casts that are just in front of a microphone, you're like, well, you don't really get to meet one another. Unfortunately, with Kim, that was, that was the case because I was in New York. But I know you got to- you know, hang with Lisa and the crew, um, Yeah. you know, when we were at LA studios. And a lot of times when I would go to LA studios, if I was in town, I would see other actors, which was very exciting as well to see people and to meet them and just try to chat. And they'd always try to put a face to a name with me, but you, that's amazing that you can still remain friends with everybody like that to have a, a text chain going. It is unique. And, uh, you know, we hung out for dinner afterwards. We just, cause usually, you know, you go to a gig and then you know, it's California. No matter what yeah. part of the city you're in, Burbank, you know, Venice, you're like, you want to get home when you're done. Yeah. Uh, but we all, it was it was a perfect location. It was uh, Salami in Studio City. In Studio oh, City. Not the Studio City one. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. That's a good studio. Yes. And we'd all go to Umami Burger afterwards or somewhere and, and <laughs> what, you know, we'd compete, like, who's picking up the check this time? And uh, we go to- How do you to... bond with your voiceover cast then? How does that happen? Just over jokes, over identifying characters? Do you do you relate to your do you find ways of relating to your character that then sort of like like you really are best friends in real life? You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I think it's because, like I mentioned before, it was a it was this perfect blend of like newbies yeah. and seasoned. It was like a Maurice LaMarche, Lacey Chabert, oh, uh, and then we, and we those had, are the newbies. Like, 
DC, uh, yeah, Newsweek. Nobody's ever heard of them. <laughs> Nobody's heard <laughs> of Maurice LaMarche. <laughs> right? Emmy yeah. Award, multi Emmy Award winning Maurice LaMarche. Uh, then we had guys like uh, uh, Amari Williams, Shannon McCain, Parvesh China. Um, I'm sorry, and I want to oh, say I mentioned I Steve Parvesh. Bloom, who's one of the season guys. Parvesh is outstanding. Yeah. I love yeah. him. Yes, and our director, I don't know if you're going to talk with directors, but Jeannie McSwain, who is one of my favorites, because uh, she's no BS and yeah. doesn't give you line readings, she challenges you. Um, yeah. and, sh- and because of no BS, it can be terrifying to newbies. <laughs> but those of us who are used to it, we're like, yeah, give it to me, give it to me. Let's so I think go, a, lot exactly. of the, a lot of the newbies kind of look to us for, you know, uh, uh, not affection, direction. but um, uh, <laughs> d- direction or, you know, yeah. is this okay? Is she, is she mad at me? Uh, validation. Yeah. And we sort of helped encourage them and made them feel welcome. And I think because of that, there was mutual admiration for all of us because the newbies were outstanding. Like Parvesh is outstanding. He made choices that I never would have made before. DC Douglas, who did a lot of like commercial stuff, like I couldn't wait for him to say his lines. You ever worked with someone like that? Like I can't wait to yeah. see how this person's yep. gonna oh, read you. this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Will. I was like that with Will. Oh, that's yes. very sweet. No, but we, you do, because yeah. we, we have. We've talked to, so we had a great conversation with Lisa Schaefer, who directed Kim Possible. Lisa. And, uh, you know, every other cartoon out there. And one of the things that we always talk about, or we, we, we had the nice talk with Lisa about, was the difference between recording as an ensemble and recording solo. And how it just is such a different vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how you, you miss out on some amazing things. She sat there going down the list of actors on Kim Possible. And uh-huh. Kim Possible was we were basically solo recording until I said I've got to record with somebody else. So it, it was, was Johnny him. DiMaggio and myself, mm-hmm. uh, and Nicole Sullivan. But then she starts listing the actors that were on the show that we didn't get to work with: mm-hmm. the Gene Smart, Ricardo Montalban, Gary Cole, uh, and going down this list. And it's like, why does anyone ever choose to record solo? And then of course she's like, well, it's schedule. I mean, that's really, at the end of the day, one of the things it comes down to is trying to get Nancy Cartwright and Ricardo Montalban in the room at the same time is like herding cats. So <laughs> it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's it's impossible and you kind of grab them when you can. But I guess this is a long-winded way of asking, and I already know the answer to this, I'm sure, but if you have the choice between recording by yourself, busting out the job and getting out, or sitting there for four or five hours, but you're with an entire ensemble cast, which one do you pick? Oh, I mean, no question. I, I, I do the full cast and stick around as long as you can because it's it's the, the camaraderie, the boisterousness, the personalities of voiceover actors. It's, it's outstanding. It's always, it's a good time for like four hours if you're lucky, you know? Uh, the banter between everyone. I did a, my first group record uh, for another Transformer show, actually, uh, over Zoom because now that's how we record these days. Sure. Uh, which I'm thankful for because I moved to Nashville and now, you know, I, I, I never get to see you guys anymore. It's, it was fun working off the other actors, but was missing because of it was like Zoom, you know, like when one person's done, you go on mute. So like when everyone's yeah. done talking, doing their lines, you can't like, hey, Will, you know, did you watch uh, the Batman the other night? Hey, Christy, Christy, did you finish Better Call Saul? How are your kids? You know, you can't have that camaraderie. Yeah, right. it is. It's very, it's very disjointed now, which is odd. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully it's getting back to normal. But that seems to be the nature of the world nowadays. I mean, dating's like that for people where you're dating on apps and everybody's on a screen. And it's, yeah, so it's just, it's a very strange thing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I do have one question for you because I've never heard this story. And I, I'm wondering if you can remember it well, you know, well enough to walk us through it. Do you remember the first ever job you booked and the first ever recording session you were in? Ooh, that's a good one. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. The first job I booked was a... Uh... It was an industrial film for page schools. It was the first audition I ever did. 
either. The uh, workshop I went to in Irvine, it's still there, Del Mar Media uh-huh. Arts. Uh-huh. And they sent me to this audition, uh, booked it on the spot, and I did like, there's like pages of dialogue. I had to pretend to be a page school kid with like the uniform and everything and talk about how, how great it is to come to this thing and da 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 And the first recording session was uh, uh, Disney's Adventures of the Gummy Bears. Tw- I was 12, yeah. 12 years old. So yeah, Gummy yeah. Bears was, was the first thing you ever did. And who did you play? I played one of the Cavins. There was a boy named Cavins, a squire, <laughs> who knew the, the Gummy Bears. And I say the one of them because, you know, what happens to kids when they get older, their voices change. So this poor kid uh, out, you know, outvoiced himself. And I, I read for it. And I think I was like third one. I heard David Faustino was a cabin, uh, which I didn't realize. But yeah, I was one of the, the, the boys. And I'm, I mean, walking into it and we worked as a group. And I'm talking people like Lorenzo Music, the original voice of Garfield. Wow. Uh, June Foray. Everyone knows who June Foray was. I knew who June Foray was. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, Rocket J. Squirrel and Witchy Poo and uh, Paul Winchell, the original voice of Tigger, who would come Jeez. in. Oh, my goodness. And I'll never forget because I stayed afterwards to do school and he came in separately and he just nailed every take. And I remember being in the, in the booth of directors being like, just shaking her heads like, it, it's always one take for this guy. It's always one take. Oh, that's a good sign. Jeez. So wait, you had to do school when you were filming that? I didn't know that that was a thing. Yeah, even with uh, with voiceover, I still had to either like show up early, do a couple hours, or stay wow. afterwards and do a couple hours. It was, it was wow. Yeah, I'd never because we all kind of grew up on a set school, but I never never heard of it with with VO before. What was mm-hmm. that like? Was that different than the schools, or was it the same types of set teachers, same type of deal? Yeah, same set teacher. They'd find an office for us, and we'd uh, we do our school. It was annoying because I didn't want to do school. I wanted to be in the booth and and act. Yeah, it's honestly. I don't need though, no learning no more. I can read and talk. <laughs> You're like right through that door are my idols, and I don't yes. need to be thinking about what year we went to the moon. Yes, I get it. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. All right. So, so gummy bears was your first one ever. Yeah. Uh, your first VO ever yeah. was gummy bears, and then Correct. so at that point, I mean, did you know you wanted to be in that side of the industry? Because again, it's like you didn't. It, at least for me, I didn't know, uh, except through you, the idea of doing a voice on an animated series was so foreign to me. But at 12, you're already doing these. So was this something you knew you wanted to do? I mean, you were kind of mimicking the Transformers uh, growing up. But were you like, hey, that I know I want to be an actor, but I also know I want to be a cartoon voice actor. Is that something you I, knew you wanted? No, it's nothing I ever dis- made a choice about. It's just something that, that happened. And, you know, I was 12. I mean, like, I, of course, I always wanted to be on television, I always wanted to do that. I watched a lot of TV. I watched a lot of Nickelodeon and like, uh, uh, you can't do that on television is one of my favorites. I'm like, I could do that. But wait, they talk weird. Do I have to say sorry to, to be on television? <laughs> not, I had no idea they were Canadian. Yeah, Ottawa. You did one of those. You did one of those. I did. I was on Don't Just Sit There. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I actually went up and did an episode of You Can't Do That on television uh, got to pop out of the locker, got to get slimed, did the whole bit uh, on the set. Jealous. Um, jealous. It was so much fun, but it was also like, you know, the great and powerful Oz was just a guy. <laughs> do you prefer to do animation that's more adult, or do you have a soft spot in your heart for doing animation that's directed towards kids? And like, Good how, question. And how do you bring sort of like, um, how do you approach your characters, whether they're wild or do you try to make them nuanced? Like, what do you do exactly? 
a two-parter. A few questions in one question. Christine. It was. Let me answer the first part of that. Uh, <laughs> and where are you from? And uh, <laughs> what is your sign? <laughs> What's your sign? <laughs> what are you wearing? You could be one tree. Which Star Wars episode would you be? <laughs> <laughs> I can repeat the questions. We'll take question one B first. Chop it down. Okay. Yeah. What was it again? The first question, <laughs> Sir Jason, is. <laughs> Which kind of content do you prefer making? Do you do you prefer to make more adult stuff or more kid stuff? I really don't care. I'll do it all. I love. I just love acting. I just love it. I will say, like technically, like when you do a kids show, like a, like R- Rescue Bots was it like this? But like younger, like preschool audiences, you have to talk a little bit slower, a little bit more, so they can understand you. And I'm a fast talker, so that's ch- uh, challenging for me. Uh, video games are challenging depending on the ones you work on, because they're so different and they can be really intense, not sure. just volume-wise. But I did a I did a video game for eight months. I still couldn't tell you what the story's about. Uh, but we, <laughs> for some reason, I had to match, not the lip flap, but I had to match the, the length of the original. It was already recorded in, in Japanese. They would play back the Japanese in my ear, and I had to match the exact length of it, no matter what, even if my dialogue was a little bit longer. And so it was challenging, and it's when it gets technical, and you're in your head more than you're in your heart. That's yeah. when it's like, ah, you know. But I could, but I could do it. I could do anything. But preferably, probably something more adult, something that's more uh, loose. Uh, if you have a good director that will let you, you know, play around a little bit. Uh, those are the kind of gigs I, I covet for sure. Mm-hmm. Those, uh, yeah, those. Um, not even lip flappy matching. I did one like that as well, and it was supposed to be four sessions. And th- none of the dialogue fit. So it ended up being 16 sessions because half the mm-hmm. time you'd sit there while they were rewriting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. it was just kind of, yeah, it was definitely a different uh, different vibe. Yeah, yeah. How about how about genre in general? Meaning you get to do animation, you get to do anime, you get to do video games, but Mo-cap. you got to pick one. Mm-hmm. Mocap, whatever. What, what would you, or, uh. and I hate, I hate to do this on this show, but I'm going to, or on camera. Wh- you know, which one do you pick? I get this question a lot. First off, I've never done mocap. I would love to do mocap. That looks like Isn't so much fun. fun. We should do mocap. So much yeah, fun. me neither. Yeah. Uh, looks cool. I've auditioned a couple of times. Uh, but uh, again, same answer, man. Like, I just love it. I love acting. I love it. I'll do on camera. Like, like honestly, like, I have a huge ego. I love being seen. No. I love being recognized. Yeah. Oh, you didn't know that about me? Uh, no. <laughs> you so do on not. Camera, you get to interact and get your you get instant recognition. Uh, voiceover, you know, you get to show up in your pajamas if you want. Uh, but uh, I just I just like doing I like whatever I like doing it all. You know, for the record, I'm going to tell a very quick story. I had heard from the very beginning of when I started my voiceover career, you can do this in your pajamas. You can do this in your pajamas. I've seen that happen exactly one time, yeah. Yeah. and it was you. Yeah, and you I'm showed like, up in your yes. pajamas and a bathrobe. <laughs> Yes. Uh, I forget what we were recording. It was something, I want to say it was something with Andrea, wasn't it? I can't remember. Maybe, maybe, uh, did he you did ever do so one Justice League? <laughs> I did a, ju- no, I, I, my, yes, maybe it was just, I might've been a Justice League. I don't know what it was, but you did. You full on, it was the only time I've ever seen it. You actually I, I did. remember that day. I'm thinking That's like, impressive. you know, I've never seen it either, but like, I'm going to be, why not? <laughs> what are they going to do? Right. Yeah, exactly. You right. did it though. It was, uh, it was pretty great. Do you want my second question? Yes. Go ahead. Question two. What do you got? And how do you approach your characters, especially if they're like larger than life characters? Because you yourself have a very amazing personality that can be larger than life. Do you find that you really try to do more nuanced choices 
with most of your characters? Do you ever feel like you have to like damp damper down like your personality for these characters? Like how do you how do you inject three dimensionality to your characters? What's your approach? Well, it sounds lazy, but I've gotten to a point where I knowing me, like I if I over rehearse, it'll get stale. I'll lock into a performance and I'll try to recapture that and then get thrown off. So I usually just like if I'm auditioning. I will look it through, I'll kind of read it monotone, I'll press record and just see what happens. And then I'll kind of like dictate after that. As far as personality, like every character should have a little bit of my personality to make it feel authentic. Hmm. You know, if you're lucky, they give you a description, they give you a picture, and you just kind of go off of, off of that. Right. Well, I think that actually, it, it, that lends itself to why you like Ginny McSwain so much. It's that same kind of, let's sit in front of a microphone and just see what happens. We'll tweak afterwards, we'll figure out, we'll set the voice with what we want to do, maybe take two or three. But first take, there's a reason we hired you, let's just see what happens. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it seems like maybe that's how, you know, that's even how you uh, approach your auditions, is it's just kind of like, all right, let's see what happens. And I may yeah. throw this away, I may throw away the first ten, but it's, or I might just go, Wow, that was that was perfect. Yeah, can't do better than um, that. That's 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 yeah. how I do it personally. What about you guys? How do you never ex explain your process? Nobody what? nobody wants us to audition for nobody any. My process cares. is begging for well, jobs. You guys get straight offers process. now. This guy's like me. They still have to fight and dance. I literally have to create a whole YouTube channel just to be seen. So I mean, <laughs> exactly. Which I am one of these days gonna subscribe to. Thanks, um, thanks so much. I am I, one of these days. I'm going to learn the YouTubes and figure it out. Aw, um, thanks. So we are going to get there. But we are uh, just very quickly brought to you by Justin Marsden, the best actor for 30 years. Um, oh, you've seen me in all the Lord of the Rings movies. <laughs> Something that I do feel like we've been mentioning a lot is energy and the energy of a room and energy in terms of the take and how that's informing the take. I never really thought about that. Uh, on the whole, but it seems to be something that's very important. So with people that are listening to our podcast here that may be new to their approaches and their and their ways of putting themselves on tape, what, what is your best advice? Like, just have fun, just let it go. Like, if the energy isn't right in the room, that's obviously maybe a red flag. Like, what is your advice? Are you talking, you're talking about in a recording session? In a what do you mean reading session the room? What do you okay, mean reading the room? let me translate. If you are new to the business and you are now in a room with a number of other actors, yes, and you see that the energy is do, that the energy of the room is really popping, do you think that is more conducive to the newbie to then realize they also need to match the energy of the room, which will then in turn give them a better performance? I think is that so. kind of what you're that. saying, Christy? No, he does yeah. speak to me because what he's doing is he's like listening to me and then making it more coherent. Thank you. <laughs> Simplifying the question, getting it down yeah, the right exactly. lane. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yes, I can imagine going, being in a room and doing like, uh, like an episode of Justice League where you have a room full of voice actors and sometimes a celebrity and sometimes the celebrities are the right. newbies. And they have yeah. no, they're so overwhelmed, even though they're like, award, I've worked with award-winning actors that folded under the pressure. Like they were just so intimidated. They get so much in their, in their heads. And I think that's another thing with new, new actors. We, I'm sure you've talked about this before, but it's voice acting. It's not about the voice. It's about the acting. It's about the performance. So it doesn't matter if you can do funny voices or whatnot. If you can't perform, that's why Eric Bowser is so amazing mm, at what gosh. he does. Because, you know, it's more than just doing a Bugs Bunny impression, but he can perform with that voice. And yes, uh, it could be nerve-wracking because a lot of people are so 
themselves. You, you get in a room with Kevin Michael Richardson and you'll, you'll lose it. I mean, he's just, he's so, you know, out there. Uh, and uh, uh, the camaraderie between everyone, it, the, the best thing you could do is just absorb it and listen. Just listen to one another and then have it get out of here and just have it come from here. Because you're in, ultimately, you're in a safe space. You can't be in a safer space than a, a voiceover <laughs> Recording. You I was going to yeah. say it's a padded room. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> You're, yes. There's a reason. <laughs> there's a reason they keep yes. us in a padded room. There's a reason they keep us in a padded room. Yes. Yes. Now this is a perfect little segue because you mentioned, and obviously we will not put you on the spot and make you say the names, but you mentioned you've seen on-camera actors that are huge stars fold in the room. Uh, I'm sure you've seen performances where you go, I-, I can't believe that performance just came out of that person who I didn't think had it in them. Are there one or two moments that pop into your mind? Uh, that are just were incredible moments in the booth, either good or bad, but moments that you remember uh, that you can share with us that were just, wow, this was incredible or this was terrible or whatever, but just walk us through an incredible booth moment. Incredible booth moment. I mean, uh, I keep glomming on to like celebrities that that, uh, that, that couldn't have But that's it. cool, though. guy who, uh, I guess I won't mention names. I could get, I could come back to you. Uh, yeah, no, don't don't do it. We don't need names. It's all accurate. It could have been, you know, hungover fueled or whatnot, but again, like just couldn't couldn't deliver. Uh, then I worked with another guy who we all know, uh, uh, Star Wars actor, who I was surprised to see in the room, and we were so happy to have him. And there was something that was going on. He wasn't able to deliver. I've never seen anyone so over directed in oh. my life. And ultimately, they had to replace him with uh, with somebody else. And it was no fault of his own. I, I don't. I, I, even then, I'm like. I couldn't figure out what he was doing that was so off the mark, except I just think, like, I'd never seen producers come in one by one to try their hand at giving Ooh, this actor direction. Wow. Instead of just leaving that's him alone. That's super awkward. Uh, was he struggling? Do you feel like it was just a really awkward situation to have to watch? No, he was going okay. with it. He was, it seemed like he was really having a oh, good time. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, there was no frustration oh, or anything. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as far as, like, incredible moments, like, anytime I work with Frank Welker is incredible. Right. You know, he's gifted with the creature voices, he's gifted with dialogue, and he can go back and forth instantly. And also, like, very quick-witted, and as, you know, being a, a, a fan, it's always surreal to work with him. Yeah. Okay, now we've spoken about, a little bit about some of the jobs you've done, but I want to go through the resume a little bit, because okay. it's pretty incredible, and it's ridiculously mm-hmm. diverse. So, I mean, we've got everything from, like, My Jam, which was mm-hmm. G.I. Joe, where you got yes. to play Duke. Oh, wow. I got to play Duke. Isn't that crazy? Which to me was like when you told me that, it was the only time in our in our friendship where I wanted to slap you. <laughs> um, because it was true. like, you've got <laughs> to be kidding me. You are, that's like my dream job. But then you also have an incredible story about- Whatever, Batman well, Beyond. That, see, that was, that was different. Yeah, that's true. Batman, guys, that one, that one hurts you. See, I'm you. realizing you guys are best friends, but you're also- <laughs> You're competitive. I like it. Well, of course. Yeah. Well, we've played, I mean, if we just, so we'll get to the next question, Ness, but if I'm thinking, yes. was we talked earlier before about the stuff we've done together. So on camera and VO, we're talking Boy Meets World, mm-hmm. Trojan War, mm-hmm. Batman Beyond, mm-hmm. Thundercats, Kim, Kim Possible. Possible. Yes, Kim Possible. Thundercats, which is thanks to you. Yes. We did even Stevens Transformers together. Rescue Bots. Rescue and Christine bots. And I met during Even Stevens. Mm-hmm. Yep. Even Stevens. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you're you one of the, I mean, saying a veteran in the business nowadays is kind of ridiculous. But Icon. I mean, you've been, uh, yeah, you've been around since it was old Hampshire. Do you remember this? I'm sorry. Oh, no, I'm sorry please. Interrupt. Do you remember this, this moment where I actually got to voice Batman Beyond for a bit? You did. You it was this? for um, the promos, right? For WB. The promos. What? Yeah. You yes. were out of town. And for some yeah. reason, they, they didn't audition me. They just brought me. I didn't know what I was doing until I got there. I'm like, 
I know whose gig <laughs> this is. I remember calling you being like, is this cool, man? And you're like, go for it. Uh, what yeah, happened? but I did Why you did that happen? For well, all the... He was out of town. You were shooting uh, HE Double or one of the, the my date with yeah. the, the some, somewhere in Canada. You were shooting something. Yeah, I was shooting and a movie I, somewhere. You were unavailable to go into the, because the promos, they turn them around real fast. And they right. need someone yeah. to come in. So you voice matched Will? Anyway. Essentially, you voice matched. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. did well. And people, I've seen the clip, and it's like, this is actually Jason doing Will doing Batman. Wow. Uh, which is, which yeah. is pretty awesome. But you, yeah. I never forget. Uh, if we're staying on the Batman thing, you and I, I brought you to the premiere. Remember, we went to like, they had the premiere thing at Warner Brothers. And we went to the Warner Brothers and we watched the big screening. Yes. And um, Return of the Joker? The, no, the, no, no, the, no, for, for the, the, for the pilot. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, they yes, did, yes, the, yes, the, yes. For, we did re, for yes. Rebirth, Rebirth 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. And we sat there and we watched and the opening title credit finished with that sick pumping music. And you t- and we're going to have to bleep this too. You turned to me and you went, you're <laughs> it was out of love and pride and absolute jealousy but mostly it love was. and pride for my it best was, friend that was a, a really cool gig it was lucky but that's how i felt when you booked duke which is now i want to get into this next story because you did one of the most beautiful animated films of all time and you booked it in your closet is this true can you walk us through yeah. Spirited Away. Oh, my goodness. I can. Spirited Away, yeah. Auditioned in my closet. And three months later, found that I booked it. And I had I had no idea who Hayao Miyazaki was. He had, wasn't not really... I didn't grow up with a lot of anime. I didn't have that cool older brother friend who was into that to introduce me to that. My anime was like Voltron. But uh, it was explained to me, like, yeah, this is a big deal. Uh, John Lasseter is pals with Hayao Miyazaki. Miyazaki is like the Disney of Japan. This movie has made more money than Titanic in Japan. Disney's acquired it. They're going to bring it over, and you're going to be part of the English dub. Wow. Part of the English dub. You were the star of the film. <laughs> I was, well, I mean, there was so many stars of the film. There was so many. There was, yeah, the, but it was amazing. And it was, I'll never forget that, though, you telling me, like, I, I, I booked this while sitting in my closet. Because this is pre- Kind of pre everybody recording at home, pre booth stuff, right. like people building booths in their yeah. house and stuff like yeah. that. So pre auditioning, like, like they had just started doing that. You'd still it was a hybrid of like you could do it at home or you could go into your your agency or you go into the actual place. So did you did you right. like have your own setup then, or how did you record that Spirited Way audition? Oh, it's it's it was much more primitive than it is now. I've done like shows in in here, but it yeah. was just like uh, an office closet with a crappy microphone and. <laughs> Uh, garage band mm-hmm. it was just you know it's good it was good enough for an audition read that right. sort of thing incredible so also uh clark kent young superman in yes. in uh new adventures of superman yes, yes so yes. staying in the uh bruce tim world yes. which is now one of your favorite worlds right the, the, the when you're talking superhero batman but just the whole dc kind of world you were i remember growing up you were more a dc fan than you were a marvel fan growing up specifically more batman i didn't really gravitate to DC or Marvel. I was just like, I like Batman. I like Spider-Man. Batman was my jam. Oh, it's my jam. Batman was What'd you jam. think of you this a... newest, uh, newest movie? I loved it. I loved it. I was, oh, you know, we'll as, every time I go in, I'm pessimistic. And I went, I was in Rhode Island. It was after I saw you guys in Connecticut. Okay. And I went to Rhode Island with my girlfriend to visit my aunt and uncle. And the four of us went to see it in the theater. And it was unreasonably loud like they turned it all I don't know because there was very few people in the theater but it was so loud and and now I'm excited to watch it again now it's on HBO Max but I'm like I I don't know if it's gonna feel the same you know but I I loved it it was like maybe 20 minutes too long but I I dug it I dug it he was emo Batman emo Batman what did you think 
Will, I don't me. Yeah, what did you I mean? hated Friedel. it. I hated everything about okay, it. I hated the music. I hated the story. I hated uh. the performance. I it, there was no difference between Batman and Bruce Wayne. How did he fit a 300-pound costume in that tiny little backpack when he was driving the motorcycle? It was things like that that bothered me. Where it's like it's he can he looked like RoboCop. Yeah. Um he the only thing he did was punch. The car did nothing. It was like, wow, this is <laughs> there's nothing Batman about this movie. Woo! And I like Robert Pattinson. I do. I think he he's did a fine actor. He did a good job. Yes. My wife turned to me halfway through and she said, I, I am now Team Jacob. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was, um, we both just, just we just wow. did, and maybe it was, I, I have See, to watch it again. You, you don't read comic books. Did you not, you don't read the comics. It's very. I read, no, I, I do. I mean, I, I know the comics enough to know yeah. the different stories they pull from. Okay, but it, but, it was very, it got, what got me excited is, because I just read the Hush series and yeah. and like how Batman were like narrated in the beginning, like those things got me excited. The, I liked yeah. that it was like a, a, a David Fincher like like almost like seven like story. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I liked how slow he moved. Like I I got off of the whole thing. I was yeah. Like and some people did stuff about a fantasy movie. Fredell. You know, I hey, it's a Throw film on the film industry. How does it fit his backpack? I can't watch the rest of this now. It, it, no, but no, I want to, again, it's like people that are like, you know, I, did, I didn't mind that they put nipples on the bat suit in the, in the older. It's like, okay, well then we, we're going to disagree because I mind that there's nipples on the bat suit. So, I mind yes, about I, the nipples. Thank but you. But to be honest, what we talked about was there's a Batman for everyone at every stage of life, right? Like this. Well, is, that's what Bruce Tim says, right. yeah. And so it's kind of interesting that the world is the way it is right now. Yeah, I mean, it was a crazy world and it was underwater by the end of the movie. You know what I mean? And it was like, it felt like people were isolated and and, and quarantined. Yeah. It had that very modern take on it. It does. In a way, you know, and people were wearing masks. And- you know what's funny? My son is not interested in Batman at all, respectively. And, <laughs> and I realized like he's been, like I've shown him a couple things. He's been around it. But I, I finally showed him the Tim Burton Batman, the first Michael Keaton Batman. Yes. And as Great we're watching Batman. it, I was like, in I, I was I f- totally forgot. Like, he's already been introduced to like the Christian Bale Batman and the and and the other Batmans. Like before Michael Keaton, the only Batman I had was Adam West. Right. Yeah. So I, he didn't have that magic of like, wow, a black suit. Wow, really dark. What this edgy sort of thing. Right. Like it's old hat to him in, yeah. in a way. So I always yeah. take that for granted. Uh, uh, people are watching like these new Batman's like man this is all thanks to you know Tim Burton that it, it started to stretch you know into this this realism so good. this darkness so good anyway back to VO which is why we're okay, here yes yes um, and we will not talk about how wrong you are about the Batman movie so one of the things we have not specifically spoken about and it's right behind you and one of the coolest things you've done in your career in my opinion is Goofy movie yes yes you're your Max Yes. You are Max, and can we yes, hear a little yes. bit of Max? We haven't heard a single voice yet this VO uh, session here. What's happening, Will? Christy, it's your old pal Max. Hey, you guys like uh, Powerline? Yes! Yeah, yeah, take you to see Powerline. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, thank you. Because I've been at conventions with you, and Max is one of those characters that is hitting multiple generations. You'll have somebody 40 come up to you, and you'll have somebody 4 come up to you. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So talk us through, can, do, you, do you remember the process of actually get, you know, auditioning for Max? How you he- first heard about it? Were you excited? Was it just another audition? I mean, what happened? Uh, yes, I was 18 
I remember I was on vacation with a buddy of mine and I had to fly back home early for this opportunity. I knew exactly what it was. It was, it was explained as like a Goof Troop movie. Uh, Goof Troop, Max is voiced by the late, amazing Dana Hill. Uh, mm. your, your fans need to look her up. Uh, fantastic voiceover and on-camera actor. But this movie they wanted, for the feature, they wanted Max a little bit older. I think they wanted an authentic boy sound, so I was one of the dudes that they, uh, they brought in. I read over at Disney uh, when that, the building used to be in North Hollywood. They brought me back. I read for the director. It was a very quick process, actually. And then uh, they gave me the role. And um, uh, not only am I a Batman fan, but I've always been a Disney fan. Will knows this. We've been a, I've, dra- I've dragged you to Disneyland many times. Disney <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Uh, we have oh, super fan, I would say. Super here's fan. Here's evidence oh, there. of this. Yes. <gasps> so there's Fidel Jason and I. And I. <laughs> Jason and I, when we were younger, at Disney. Uh, yes, yeah. Mimi. So it's the the statue. Anyone who's actually been to Disneyland, there's a statue when you walk in, and it is Mr. Disney himself holding Mickey Mouse's hand and he's pointing off and kind of gazing into the future. And Jason and I. Uh, <laughs> Kind of redid it, uh, yes. and we both have that framed in our respective Aww, homes. So. Yes. You guys are yes. so uh, cute. I ship yeah. you. So no, but you were, but you were also a big into just when I first met you, kind of the musical animated world too. So Animaniacs oh, yeah. and uh, oh yeah, show like, tunes, all the all the musical. I loved all that stuff. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, you you were huge, and the, and and so you've got you've got Goofy movie. Did you know? I we always ask this, and and we can never tell. Did you know? As you're recording it, it was going to have the staying power that it does, and it was going to become what it has. No, are you kidding me? Right. I mean, I knew I knew it was special. I knew it was different. I, I'd never worked on a on a animated feature before. Usually, you know, we do an animated half hour. It's four hours. You're done. Like we worked, you know, every other month for like the course of two years, and really took our time. We do some lines like over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. I remember uh, Bill Farmer, who's outstanding, the voice of Goofy. Uh, just like taking a half hour to go, well, it's not over yet. Well, it's not over yet. Well, it's not over yet. I mean, not that he was, he wasn't doing anything wrong, but it's a feature film. They want as many yeah. choices as possible until it fits. The the stakes are probably a lot higher when you're filming for a sure. feature film mm-hmm. rather mm-hmm. than, I mean, then again, I mean, everything is expensive, right? Like when they, when they send that overseas, there's a lot at, at play. But would you say that it's a little bit different when you're, you know, recording? For a feature film, because it's like this is it. We got to do this right. Thousand percent. Okay. Thousand percent. Yeah, it's a little. Yeah, they take their time a lot more. It's a little more freedom to play, unless they know exactly what they want. But that whole experience was surreal. Like you know, working with Goofy for crying out loud. And like I said, Bill Farmer is ridiculous. I got to work with a lot of the actors that were in the film. You know, years later, we get to see it animated. It's beautifully animated. Mm, and the years. story is just fantastic. It's just, a, it's not a typical, yeah. like, Disney film. There's no, no. there's no evil prince, evil person, a battle. I mean, like, the whole, I, they, people joke about this, but I think it's true. They say, like, the, the antagonist, the real villain of the movie is Max, if you if you look through it. <laughs> yeah. He's the one who They karate kid it. They karate kid it. Yeah, yes. <laughs> That's, okay. So, uh, another question we always ask. If you could voice any character you want in your life, ideal character, what would it be? A superhero or supervillain, someone who like really chews up the scenery. Yeah, have you ever oh, been no, a no, villain? No. Can't no no no. Can't can't you get you don't get to be that general. You gotta pick you gotta like Ooh, you, you get to pick I would like to voice Batman. That would be nice. There you go. That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be pretty dope. I've read I've read for Batman, not just Batman Beyond, but I've read for Batman a few times. Um, although, you know what's funny? Someone pointed this out to me. 
uh, I think one of the only actors to have performed as young Clark Kent and young Bruce Wayne and Robin. Oh, sick. Yeah. That's awesome. That's another, well, that's, that's another a, show. We did Brave and Bold together. I forgot about that. Oh, that's right. I played your buddy on that. We would keep, we would always, every, every time we'd mention something, we'd go, oh, wait, we were on that too. Like, we've yep, done yep. a ton of those things together. <laughs> so, yeah, okay, so Batman, yeah, see, I knew the answer. Obviously, it was going to be Batman. Of course it was yes. going to be Batman. You know, By the way, for the record, you'd be a great Batman. You could, just, you, yes. Just throwing that out. But yes. you should do Robert Pattinson's Batman. That's what, that's how you yeah, should. Yeah, just... Just whisper everything, and it doesn't matter if you're in the bat suit or not in the bat suit. You're Bruce Wayne, now you're Batman. Now you're Bruce Wayne, now you're Batman. Awesome. What are we going to do, Alfred? Um, no, but then he had a little bit of the angst, too, that was like, God, go away. He had a little bit of that, where he pushed off. Go away, Alfred. Go away. Go away, Alfred. Trying to fight crime. Do it. Okay? Trying to fight crime. Uh, can you spend the next half hour fitting this enormous suit in this tiny backpack? Um... Okay, so we are going to bring in a fan <gasps> who is not hey. only going to be talking to you. Like into my house? Yes. They're there? Uh, they're standing outside your home right now. Okay. I was wondering what that uh, fan was. Okay. No, they are not. So we are going to bring Brandon in. Ladies and gentlemen, Brandon from New Jersey is coming Brandon. in to speak with Mr. Brandon Mr. Wright. Mr. Jason Wright. This is Brandon Jersey. Wright. There There's Brandon. <laughs> wow. What's happening, Brandon? Nothing. What's happening with you guys? Wow. This is this is a lot. This super blue room. <laughs> this is, this is yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah it's oh a very. My. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the ocean right now. I guess. I like that. I love it. Well, welcome. There's a couple things we would love to do, uh, Brandon, if that's all right with you. Sure. And one of the things that we'd like to do is we're gonna play a little game here, and we're gonna play a little game that's called Through the Garden. Okay. And what Through the Garden is is Christy and I are voicing two little mice. <laughs> that are trying to get from one side of the garden to the other side of the garden. And we are going to be meeting a number of other woodland friends along the way, whether it be other mice, whether it be some of the foliage, if a flower wants to have a voice or a mushroom wants to have a voice. Right. Uh, Trippy. Uh, it, or if there, there's worms, whatever you want, whatever's in the garden from one side to the other. Mr. Marsden, we're going to start with you. Uh, who are you going to be, who are we going to be meeting in the garden when we run into your character? Oh, I have it's to all improv, baby. Oh, yeah, you do. It's all improv, baby. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be a flower. I'm going to be a okay. big, like, hyacinth. Oh, they purple, smell really purple, good. Gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they smell, smell really good. Yeah. And Brandon, yeah. Uh, after we meet our hyacinth, uh, next to the hyacinth, there is going to be what? And who are you going to be? And show us your some of your voiceover talent. Oh, I guess I'll be playing my character, uh, Zeke, which is... Uh, from my uh, animated uh, web series that I do. Okay, cool. So then, so yeah, he's basically like a cocky. Uh, well, he's not cocky, but he's a pilot who's kind of uses like a cocky persona to kind of hide his uh, his issues. Is he a human character? Yes, he's human. Okay, so what it is is uh, through a the power of magic, which is uh, absolutely wonderful. Sure. Uh, this is now becoming like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, <laughs> and the garden is huge. Okay. And so there can be a full-size human also in the garden as the mice are trying to get through. So Jason, the, the, the hyacinth. Uh, mm. Christy, have you named your mouse yet? Mocha. Mocha the mouse. Mocha. Mocha the mouse. I love that. So you are Mocha, and I am your little brother, Ricky. So it's Ricky and Mocha. We are starting through the garden. Here we're going to go. We're going to do something very quickly. So as Ricky... So this is Ricky right here, okay? Ricky is here. Um, at Mocha, 
it's our third day here in the garden. I think we're going to be trapped forever. I don't understand what's going on. What should we do? Ricky, I'm just trying to get over to the rest of the garden so that we can go and meet my boyfriend. Why can't you just be quiet? Because we're lost and we're about to be killed. Oh, maybe this flower can help us out. Excuse me, sir. Hey, what's happening? Is that Ricky and Mocha? Hey. It's so good to see you. It's me, Don. Don the Hyacinth. Hi, Don. I'm sorry. Are you trying to get from one end of the, the, the yard to the other? We we can't seem to find our way. The, the, the lawn's been overgrown. It looks like whoever lives here, they haven't mowed in a long time. Ugh. Maybe oh. I should just ask this guy. Excuse me, sir. Sir. Uh, yes. Uh, hello. Hi. Hi. Um, like, this is my brother, and I guess this is our friend, Hi. the flower, Don. And basically, I just... Uh, do you know, like, where the mall is? I'm trying to meet my boyfriend. It's, like, through this garden. It's on the They're garden. trying to get through the yard, out the front door, around the house, down the street, to the mall. Is what they're trying to say. Yeah. Can you help them out there? You my seem like you've been around a lot of malls. Well, it's funny that you say that. I, I just I just came from the mall. I was actually uh, meeting some of my fans because I'm a... I'm a pretty uh, pretty big deal in the in the fighter pilot uh, business. Wait a minute! Uh, funny story. I, I actually I actually oh. uh, go by the name of Zeke the Fearless, just in case uh, you heard him. Oh, so you're not heard about you? Yeah, yeah. So he's not scared I, of like yeah. the cat. If the cat comes, he can protect us. And Zeke, do you have yes. a plane? Because you can fly us across the garden. That would certainly get you out of here right quick. A plane, yes. I don't yes, fly. I, I I do. So can you like show us your plane so that we can like maybe board it and get over to the mall? Because my boyfriend's at the food court eating crumbs. Um, trying uh, to like. I don't like him. Listen, he's a rat. You, uh, yeah, whatever. Just because he's a rat, you know. Ricky, when are you okay? You don't seem on board with this at all. I don't like so, um things that are loud so, or um that are yeah. bright or that are soft so or that annoying. are hard. Or that are Don. Don't even just get the him world. Started. The world's a frightening place. I, I, I relate to you, Ricky. I relate to you. Thank you, Zeke. You know Thank what, Ricky? You. If um, you don't like it, you should just stay here with Don and just smell him all day because he smells so good. That, that's a weird way to spend a day, but um, all right. I mean, yeah, Don. Can I just hang out with you? Great. You're welcome great. to do that. Absolutely, you can hang out as long as you want. I got some fresh dew that's gonna come every, you know, in about twenty minutes. You can have some okay. of that. So the other scares me. Little uh, do scares you? Do scares me. Yeah. No, I have to take. I should take him with me. Zeke, where's your plane? Is it is it right there by that blade of grass? Can we just is that it? Uh, Yes, it's it's actually uh, it's weirdly small enough to be behind a blade of grass. Okay, so we're gonna go on this plane, and then we're gonna go to the mall, and hopefully you know where that is because I'm just like so tired of watching my little brother. Okay. Um, watching me scares me. Um, all right. Well, thank you. Let's maybe get on the plane. And scene. <laughs> wow. UCB ain't got nothing on us. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. that is a start, my friend. And uh, now, you, you, so you mentioned Zeke, and you said yes. you're an animator. Do you mm-hmm. have uh, some, some artwork of Zeke popping up right now? Oh, oh, wow. oh. That. that is the coolest, most futuristic looking Crazy. fighter pilot. So everyone knows this will be up on all of our socials, but it's got like almost like a static shock kind of vibe to it. A little yes. bit, yeah. Very cool Thank looking. You. Wow. 
And so where where can people uh, find you and find your stuff? What are you, what, where are your socials that people can go and look to? Uh, the series is on YouTube. It's uh, it's called Diver the Animated Series. It's Diver, capital letters, and then uh, animated series on YouTube. And uh, I have... This is uh, a thing that's already out there. Yeah, yeah. It's, I've been doing it for a right couple on, years. Man. A couple years. Let me check that out. Congratulations. Um, and you voice Zeke. Yeah, I voice Zeke. But there's other talented voice actor people who uh, do the other characters. But... Uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I voice Zeke. I don't uh, remember you calling me, man. Yeah, come on! <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, what the heck? <laughs> I actually, I actually did, I did want to mention, I actually, um, kind of grew up watching all you guys, so this is a kind of, kind of, kind of odd. I, I, I specifically, uh, uh, Will and, and, uh, and Christy, but, but I did, I did, as an adult, I got into Spirited Away and, and found out that you were the voice in that, and so, yeah, this is, Zod, but uh, Jason, but, I tell you what, Brandon, Jason has always been there, you just didn't even realize it. <laughs> that's the yeah, my guess is if you watched you. anything growing up, it was Jason Mars. Yeah. Was it, oh, so. really? He was in Kim Possible, I, yeah, yes, and oh, even yeah. Stevens and Boy Meets World, <laughs> Possible Boy Meets World, he's even Steve, yeah, you name it, he's been on it. He's Max, a subliminal traumatic event that happens to yeah, you. Yeah, Max from, from a goofy movie. God, we didn't even talk about Binks the Cat, man. We've got so much. Oh, fun. wow. Okay, well, wow. Brandon, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Peace out. Bye. Bye. Later. That was fun. Unbelievable. Wow. That was really dope. But isn't that cool that, like, we get to yeah. do that? I mean, we get to go to cons and see each other. And we, I think some of the most amazing things about the con for each of us, I I can tell is the way that we get to re-engage and also locate our fans and talk to our fans and share like intimate stories with them about how our characters, some of their legacies made such an impact on them. Like I have people come up to me all the time and be like, you know, my mom was sick and this was what I watched, you know, to make me feel better, stuff like that. Or I was in the hospital, stuff like that, that really impacts us. So, I mean, Will and I are, are so happy to meet fans, but I know you're at cons often, Jason. So, w- do you have any amazing fan experiences outside of the one we just had? They're all like that. It's like stuff you mentioned, and there's also like young artists out there who uh, who will gift me artwork that they've done of a of, you know a goofy movie or Spirited Away. Isn't that or, cool? It's way cool, and uh, yeah. and I you know I, I, some of it is like oh this is thank you this is nice, and someone's like wow this is really impressive, and uh, and yeah. I, and I will try to encourage them further and I'm like make sure you put your your social handle on here and show people this like some of them don't even know basic things like that yeah those interactions are so valuable because I'm such a fan of artists as well do you ever wonder with the talent that you had artistically what your childhood would have been like had you had social media I mean think about just what you could oh, have man. done back in the day with social I, I, would, I would I would have had a YouTube channel I mean come on I think we all would have I would have the time to dedicate doing silly stuff like that. My son watches YouTubers all the time and he's, uh, there's these kids he follows and I forget that what their name is, but they're like 12 and they write songs and they do videos and they do it in, in green screen, but they don't care about like, you know, like it's obviously green screen. It's obviously cut together. They don't care. It's, it's the, the editing and the content that is just so funny and random. I'm like, I would, I would be doing stuff like that all the time. I would rope yeah, you into doing that. Cause I was doing that with, with, I would uh, rope you with into my doing friend it. Alex Polinsky. I would, yeah, I, you had, and Alex. I always had a, I always had a, a height video camera and we would do stuff and nope, you know, if you, if you want to see it, you have to come over and plug it into your television. Yeah. 
Yeah, it wasn't yeah. called content at the time. It was just no. stuff you were shooting. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's stuff like, oh, can I tape over this? We got to record uh, Bold the Beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, so we're wrapping this up here, Mr. Marsden, but I do have one final question that yes. I'd like to ask you. Yes, ask And me. that is, if you had the opportunity to meet you starting out in the business, what advice would you give yourself? Oh, man. I'd say you got to relax. You got to uh, don't get too comfortable. Keep learning. Keep going to acting classes. Don't get cocky because this magic carpet ride can be yanked out from under you at any time. And, you know, listen to the directors, listen to writers. I was a very cocky, arrogant young actor. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would love to have been a little bit more present and absorbed more instead of thinking I knew everything because uh, I didn't. Uh, and, uh, and maybe stand up to your parents, stand up to your parents a little bit more. Yeah. That, that would have been helpful. Okay. Well, I think those, that's all really good advice, <laughs> frankly. Uh, do you have anything you want to promote right now? As a matter of fact, I do, uh, speaking of YouTube, uh, I would love everyone to check out my, uh, my side project I do called the Mars Variety Show. Just go to Mars Presents, youtube.com slash Mars Presents. It's a show that I host. It's inspired by the variety shows of the 60s and 70s, and it's designed to promote independent musicians and stand-up comedians here in Nashville, because we are surrounded by amazing talent, and I'm like, more people have to know about these people. I can maybe get some of my fans to who are interested in music and comedy to glom onto this. And it's, it's a lot of fun. We're going to be doing, a, we have three seasons up there and I'm going to do it a fourth season sometime this year. I can vouch for the fact that it is a lot of fun. There's some great music and some very funny people on there. Uh, so go check it out. How about uh, you got uh, uh, social handles you want people to hit up? Yeah. Uh, and Instagram, Jason Marsden, uh, Twitter, Jason Marsden, and TikTok. I think it's Jason Marsden official or official Jason Marsden. I can't remember. Uh, but uh, Instagram is where I, I communicate the most. If you want to message, I like, I like, I love answering messages. Uh, if you ask me direct questions, that's better. A lot of people like to send me photos of their televisions. Like, look what I'm watching right now. It's a goofy movie or something. I'm like, that's great. Uh, but you're welcome to, to <laughs> at, <laughs> message me. I'll get back to you as soon as I, as soon as I can, but I love interacting with, with folk. That is awesome. Well, Jason, Martin. Jason, you are Will an Fidel, icon and we Christy love you. Carlson Romano. Yes. Thank I love you. you guys. I'm so proud of you guys for doing this. Aww. Jason Marsden, we love you, buddy. Uh, love you guys too. Thank you for having me. For a long time. Thank you for coming on. And uh, yeah, everybody go check out everything Jason does because, man, you will not be disappointed. So thanks, everybody. And remember, they say that youth is wasted on the young. Go prove them wrong. I Hear Voices is hosted by Will Friedle and Christy Carlson Romano. Produced by Elizabeth Joy Windham and executive produced by Brendan Rooney and Will Friedle. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham and our video editor is Eduardo Gamba. And that was my announcer voice. Some side effects of listening to I Hear Voices are sore abs from hilarity, falling down the cocoa melon rabbit hole, sneezing due to mass nostalgia, and hugs. Follow I Hear Voices wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of the amazing voices. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at I Hear Voices Podcast. To see the video stream, subscribe to my YouTube channel. You can also check us out on MySpace, Omegle, Vine, LimeWire, AAM, and Napster. Okay, Will, let's teach you about the internet. The what? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>